What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Normal Guy Lazy Eye Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jared Magazine, uh, just your neighborly normal guy with a lazy eye, here connecting with much cooler people with much more interesting stories. Today, we have a very special guest and a very incredible friend. Millie Palladino joins today's episode. Millie is a professional runner here uh, in the Boston area running for Team New Balance. She's coming off of an incredible Olympic trials run uh, out in Eugene, Oregon during that record-breaking heat wave. And she also is an ex-friar who probably has some of the most decorated seasons uh, at Providence College in track and field and cross country. So I'm so excited to have her on because it's an incredible story just how she has uh, continue to quite frankly set the pace in running, but she's also uh, my kind of amateur running coach during my uh, thousand mile challenge that I've been trying to do here in 2021. I've always gone to Millie for some advice on whether it's injury prevention, pace work, uh, you know, distance work, whatnot. She's always open to answer my DMs that I send her. So. Always thankful for her. Super excited to share this episode with you guys. So without further ado, please enjoy Millie Palladino. This is the Normal Guy Lazy Eye Podcast, a true eye-opening experience. All right, everyone. Coming off a, quite frankly, scorching hot weekend, Millie Palladino joins the podcast. Millie is a professional runner, a U.S. track and field Olympic trialist, and trains with Team New Balance here in Boston, Massachusetts. An ex-Providence Friar, where she was named first team All-American. In her free time, she also answers all my amateur questions about running while this ex-swimmer tries to run 1,000 miles this year. Millie, thank you so much for coming on. It's, it's a joy to finally have you on the show. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me. And I I actually love the podcast. You've had some incredible people on. Like um the guy from the circle. Yes, uh, Lee, Lee Swift. Him. Yes. I feel like I'm I feel like I'm in such a, a league now with all these people. So, um yeah, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Of course, of course. So, yeah. uh we'll we'll get to it in a little bit, but like I said, how are you doing? Are you staying cool after those Olympic trials and now it feels like you brought the heat wave from Eugene to Boston. Like, how are you doing right now? I did bring the heat wave. I don't know how. Okay, so uh, it's so hot. It's so hot. <laughs> my my so AC is off for the to have better sound quality during this interview. Yeah. So, like, hopefully when I cut this into, like, videos and stuff, I'll just show you because I'll probably be a sweating mess at the end of this. Yeah, it is. So we were in Flagstaff um, training at Altitude for like yeah. two and a half weeks before the trials. And while we were out there, it doesn't get super hot out there and it's a dry heat. So it's not as bad. Hmm. Um, but at, while we were out there, they were like, oh, you, you guys have a heat wave coming. And it was like in the like mid to upper 90s while we were out in Flagstaff. Hmm. And then we go to the trials in Eugene, Oregon after that, where it's usually like 70 and sunny beautiful mild weather and it's like oh here's another heat wave like <laughs> they I mean Oregon in the last two days hit its highest temperatures on record right and then we I come back to Boston and it's like oh here's a couple more 95 and 99 degree days like I think today in Boston it was I think it tied its hottest day on record yeah so yeah. is it following me is it me 
it, it is you. So it, it is you. It really is. No, it's it's yeah. funny for me, like coming from like where I grew up in like the dry heat area, mm-hmm. like you know in Southern California, it wasn't this Boston humidity. Like this is a this, this, like I always I first would laugh at like the heat emergencies that Boston would put out because it's like eighty eight, and I was like, yeah. what the heck? But then like, you walk on. out and it's like you're walking into a sauna. Like, okay, I get it. And now that it's like oh, 95, yeah. 97, you're like, okay, I get it. Yeah. Like, yeah. This is the bad. Humidity, the humidity is a game changer. Like in like, it, I mean, Southern California is like similar to like your Arizonas and your Phoenixes, but yeah. it gets really hot, but it's like, you can feel the heat on your skin, but the, there's not humidity. And so you're not like drowning. Right. Whereas like here you go outside and you're like, oh, oh my God. Like your breath is just like like everything's heavier (laughs) everything everything's heavier yeah if you run tomorrow (laughs) let me know how it goes oh no indoor indoor for sure tomorrow yeah (laughs) indoor like treadmill runs it's been treadmill runs since allergy season um and we'll get to like my coping with like long treadmill runs because it's getting to me like I need to be outside soon oh my god we can talk about allergies I I've (laughs) developed I've developed allergies this year somehow Oh, that's not good because yeah. Boston is like the, the hub of allergies. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's okay. So I've learned uh, some tricks of the trade of okay. running when you go to a place and you're going to race in a place that has like really bad allergies. So I guess Eugene, Oregon has really bad allergies. Yeah. You want to buy local honey from okay. the place that's like unpasteurized and you want to start eating like eating or like drinking like honey in your tea like and you'll your body will get used to like the pollen but like the local pollen that's kind of like a cool thing yeah I would never yeah I would have never thought me neither me neither I guess does Boston have locally sourced honey I guess that's that's something we would have to figure out I think we should try and figure that out yeah if not I feel like could we have a business in mind I don't could Uh, we we really (laughs) I we'll hold well we'll cut this part out of the podcast so we don't let someone else go steal that yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't steal it tm yeah I yeah we just trademarked it yeah <laughs> please so, don't steal it i love it i love it so let's start way back before mm-hmm. trials before team new balance and before friartown Millie, you grew up in uh morgantown west virginia yeah i've been there <laughs> time in my life one time and i'll never oh, forget no it yeah, I toured University of West Virginia. We, my brother and oh I, were both getting recruited to swim there, and uh, I've never seen any place like that. Like I've, ne- I, I've never experienced anything like it. Wow. Okay. Yeah. What a weird, especially coming from Southern California. Yeah, right. that's understandable. And yeah. Okay. So that's that is crazy because you, um, you were like recruited to to swim there. I actually knew the swimmers very, very well. I actually ran there for two years before I transferred to Providence. Right, right. So what a weird, what a weird and small world. Seriously. And so yeah. like growing up in Morgantown was like, was running always in the Paladino bloodline? Like, were you guys all runners? Like, how did, how did this, you know, small town girl from West Virginia get to love running? <laughs> so uh, my mom actually was always a runner she ran I mean they didn't have like running in college when she was Mm. in college but she kind of like would train for marathons and she ran the Boston Marathon like a couple of times and she loved like a good road race and so when my sister I have an older sister who's like two years older than me and when she was like growing up she was just like looking for like activities to get into and my mom obviously suggested like running 
and um she was like actually like pretty good in high school she never pursued it after high school but um she was pretty good and I remember thinking like I um gosh if I could ever just be as good as my sister I think she was like I don't know I can't remember like 12th in the state at like cross country championships yeah so like great for like a high school runner but I just remember thinking like gosh if I can just be that good someday I'd be so happy and I I have some like other relatives um, on my dad's side um, some distant relatives who are like long distance runners so I guess it is in in my blood a little but I kind of started because I wasn't really good at anything else. That was going to be my next question. So yeah. like, I, I feel like, and I will say this with my wholehearted truth, right? Like I joined the swim team because I sucked at every other sport. I'm pretty sure everyone that has listened to this podcast would know that. Uh, yeah. did, were you like, were you keen on any other sports? Did you try any other oh. sports? Like, were you like begging, like, please don't be the one runner. Like, yeah. please, I, I like we, I don't know what it is. Like our two sports always got the, oh, you're, you're in that boring sport. Oh, we, I would love more spectators for our sports because we do not get the recognition. We'll we'll get to why, where we, where I think we can get more spectators for our sports later. But yeah, I like to your point, like it it was always just the, like, no one came, like no one came to the swim meets. No one came to the, we were a nationally ranked high school swim team. And like people that's like, amazing yeah like no that's one no amazing. one cares and no one knows right you walk down the hallways of high school and everybody's like oh football and you're like football didn't even win freaking states <laughs> this year and like i ran i'm like you know second in the country but whatever like yeah. fine <laughs> you know oh my god oh. i'm not bitter but no yeah i tried every sport every sport like right. i remember growing up i tried um like t-ball yeah. I did t-ball when I was yeah. a kid uh, I was in basketball like I'm five foot zero <laughs> I should never have been in basketball I did horseback riding for a while gymnastics mm. tennis I mean you name it like I tried it all um mm-hmm. I just ended up being good at this one so it's hard not to stick with it at that early age right exactly yeah. like you're kind of like glad you found it at an early enough age that it's something you could continue to pursue and obviously totally, you're, you're yeah. still doing it. So it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's still working out. But so yeah. like you mentioned earlier, so before heading over to Providence, you did two seasons at the university of West Virginia. What, like, what would you say that transition was like for you going from competing mm-hmm. in your backyard to competing for Ray Tracy's juggernaut in new England? Like, was it a big shift for you? Cause we can get to the shift it was for me, yeah. in high school, but like, was, what was that like for you? Oh my gosh. It was, um, the shift to be honest was the, it was the best decision I ever made in my life because Mm. I was really not happy at at WVU and I had kind of lost my love for the sport. And I was kind of like, I don't know, like this is actually something I should be doing. Um, and, uh, when I, when I transferred to run for Ray, you know, the decision, how I made the decision, I was looking at a couple schools at the time, but, uh, I watched Molly Huddle who he coaches run the Olympics in 2016 and she PR'd in her 5k in her 10k that she was running so (laughs) so I'm like trying you know I'm like the sophomore in college I'm trying to figure out what to do with the rest of my life I'm like oh how do oh my god how do I not choose that coach and go to that school that produces like uh, unbelievable athletes like Olympians good people just like even just good people yeah and so um I mean it was everything like I'd say at WVU it's such a big school and um it was hard to feel like important as an athlete you were kind of just a number 
in school and in like the athletic program. And um, when I transferred to Providence, it's such, I mean, just the nature of it being a small school. Mm. But I also think that the athletic department really did a good job coming together, making athletes feel like they mattered. I think SAC was a really important, like key, like part of that. And yeah, um, yeah you'd, you'd walk down the hallways and, you know, everybody knew who you were as an athlete and all right. the trainers knew you. And I just feel like I felt like I finally... Like I had such a big support group behind me at Providence that it changed my life because I was like, how could I not be successful here when right. you have all these people who are investing in you and even just as a human investing in you, you know? Yeah. No, I completely agree. Like that's the one thing I always loved about Providence, especially on the athletic side. Like we would walk down the hallways. I, you know, we would see each other in the, in Helen Burt. We like, yeah. like, but that's the thing too. Like at maybe at a bigger school like WVU, it's like, you could see the Nike apparel or the, whatever. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, okay, maybe they're an athlete. Maybe they're not, maybe they're a manager, but it's mm -hmm. like, there, I mean, for us, it was like, Hey, how, how, how'd the meet go this weekend? Hey, how'd the race yeah. go? This like it was super conversational all the time. And like still yeah. number, one of our number one episodes on this show was when we interviewed Bob Driscoll right in the middle of the pandemic. And like, right. I think just the testament of how successful Providence is, it goes back to like, his goals of, of the athletic department, you know, highest graduation totally rate, 100% graduation rate and competing for championships. Like it's, the, it's the athletes, I think that, and the people behind the athletes that make it such a great athletic program for sure. I totally agree. And I loved in the program how, I mean, I love this school, like it has such a good reputation, but the like take the school side away from it, which is obviously so important, but right. like I think that the athletes really prided themselves in being just good people and stand-up people. And I think that Providence really cultivated that kind of mentality. And it was like my favorite parts were being in the training room and being in the student athlete lounge and talking mm. to other athletes and yeah. sharing like sharing about your life and like having, oh my gosh, when you would get into class and a big class and you would have um, like class with another athlete, like that was the best thing ever. <laughs> Especially athletes, right? The, yeah. the rumored athletes. <laughs> yes. No, I'm we kidding. needed that. I don't want to. I don't want to say that because now every every person that wasn't an athlete at Providence, like, <laughs> yeah. yep, we knew it was true. Yeah, they're gonna be like, there it is. There it <laughs> is. <so> exactly. <laughs> yeah. But what would you say was like the biggest? Did you have? Did you have like a culture shock at least from coming from? maybe not just the school size, but like, I want to say like West Virginia to New England because the, the California to New England transition oh. was crazy for me, at least. World's different. Yeah. yeah. So what yeah. was, what would you say is the biggest one for you from West Virginia to Providence? I think the biggest culture shock was, um, you know, maybe it wasn't necessarily a culture shock, but I really noticed like myself growing a lot, like my kind of like views on things and my opinions on things like really changed and not necessarily from like bad to good, but just from like being sheltered, like not even sheltered because I wouldn't say that I grew up sheltered at all, but mm -hmm. just like in Morgantown, West Virginia, there's, it's a bubble for sure. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, a lot of people grow up in that town, go to school in that town, settle down in that town, work in that town. And there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, right. that is a beautiful thing if that's what you want and your family is there. But I think that that's kind of like, I think I always kind of knew there was something else out there. And so the biggest shock getting to Providence was like the diversity, 
uh, the things to do, like mm. even just the amount of like things to do and um, just like people's openness. Like I feel like New England gets this stigma for being like, you know what I mean? For oh, being, I, like, oh, I know where you're going. Yeah. You know, uh, like walks fast, office. doesn't want to talk to you, drives bad. Yeah. yeah. And we got it all. <laughs> I mean, life is definitely faster paced up oh, here. 1, I will say that for sure. Oh, especially Sometimes for Morgantown. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Sometimes I wish things would slow down. Yeah. But yeah, yeah like um yeah, like I loved I loved growing up in Morgantown because I learned a lot. Yeah. Um but I and I I'm glad I I was kind of exposed to certain things that I probably wouldn't have been otherwise. But um yeah, like just the sh- like I had the I had the expectation that people were going to be kind of like standoffish. And um, I felt it was the opposite, really. People were so open mm-hmm. and um, just about like about meeting new people and even about ideas. And then I kind of like watched myself grow in that way, yeah, which is kind of cool. Absolutely. Like Orange County, very much, very much a bubble too. I would like, mm-hmm. I think Morgantown is very much like, if you look up the definition of like small town America, it's pretty much a picture of Morgantown. That's it. Yeah. And like to your point of like how people grow up there, go to school mm-hmm. there, open up their own car dealership there, and then you know, raise yeah. their own family there. Like that Orange County, I do think like very similar, but just a little bit different of the sense of like, to me, it felt like every mom and dad went to USC or UCLA and mm-hmm. came back, raised their family in, in, you know, Newport Beach. Like, and that was what I grew up. So like, I, I very similar sense of like, it's a bubble, similar views very thankful for where I grew up and will always mm-hmm. be super grateful for it. But I think coming to Providence and just getting a taste of something else gave yeah. me the ability to be like, okay with the fact of saying like, I'm cool with living in Boston. Like yeah. I'm not scared to try something new and like try to live, it, make a life out here. You know what I mean? Right. It totally gave me independence that I yeah. didn't know that I had otherwise. So now it's like, I'm not scared to not live close to home. I mean, right. I would love to be closer to my family Same. because yeah. I really value my family and spending time with them. But like I have independence that I wouldn't otherwise have had. So exactly. it's cool. It gives you confidence that you're like, oh, I can do this. I can do it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's so true. So to I and I'm not gonna list all of them because if I did this, we would run out of time. But to okay. list some of your accolades from Providence, you are you are a three-time first team all NCAA a one-time second team all NCAA, two-time Providence Female Athlete of the Year, and a nomination for the 2019 NCAA Women of the Year. Uh, So I guess in the culmination of things, and not to mention like cross-country track, you guys compete in, you know, cross-country, indoor, outdoor season. And for those kind of watching and listening, you know, there's really never an off-season for runners at at the collegiate (laughs) level. Like, how did you, what was the transition like from season to season and how did you kind of like affect how did that affect like your your training your feeling and your studies and everything I guess yeah okay so some I my major was really rigorous in a lot of ways and Mm. so um I majored in physics and um I actually found myself trying to to take some classes over the summer so I wouldn't have to take them during the season like the lab classes like I took chemistry class and lab over the summer and um, tried to get in some classes that like would take up a chunk of time during the day, during the normal season when you'd have to train instead. Mm -hmm. Um, I was so lucky that I had Ray 
Tracy to kind of, he was so flexible that if there was a day I couldn't come to practice or there was a day um, where I needed to do something on my own, he would be great with it. But it was, I mean, it's, it's pretty like challenging, I'd say, not having an off season. Right. And even just like, I mean, even just like mentally, you're constantly in that um, like on mode where yeah. like you, already you, looking at what's next, right? Totally. I yeah. mean, you finish, you know, cross country nationals, first season's cross country. So you finish cross country nationals and it's like two weeks later is the first indoor meet. And then you finish indoor nationals and two weeks later is the first outdoor meet. So you're really going from, and you have to train all summer because if you don't train in the summer, you're not going to be fit for the cross country season. So I'd say in the whole year, we probably took two full weeks off and that's about it. <laughs> oh man. And it oh, would be hard too, because I had a lot of friends, um, who in, in athletics who, uh, had, were like a one season or like a two season sport and mm. you get, you could see them like getting to do fun things. Like, um, especially when you're a senior, there's all those fun, like senior things that you get to do. And, right. uh, I definitely I definitely had like FOMO during those times because I was like, I'm still in season. And you, I, I just feel like I would never say like, I'm, I regret it, but I would right. say like, I definitely feel like I missed out on some things. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I totally, I, I mean, I was fortunate. We were fortunate enough uh, that our season ended like that last week of February. Right. So as a senior and having no obligations for athletics after or the last you know swim that you do at big East, like it was pretty much like March, April and the last week of May, you know, the first week of May. Right. It's like, that was like, especially in Providence, Rhode Island. Like that's like when the weather's nicer and like, there's actually yeah. things to do. <laughs> so I, I always things. felt for you guys. Cause like, oh it God. felt like you guys were just starting a new season come March. Like yeah, between like, like, you guys like lacrosse uh, oh, yeah. and I'm totally blanking on like the other spring sports, but like you, like, I mean, Oh, totally ridiculous softball them too. Like everyone. Oh yeah. Brutal. It and it's hard because it's like you're still training and you're still trying to stay focused but like right. sometimes you just want to go out and have drinks with your friends and you sometimes. just like you can you know <laughs> like you just want that and you that's one big thing that's changed is like in the professional world you do have the yes. this space and the leeway to do that whereas in college it was just constant yeah and don't forget to turn in your homework on time too yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> you also have like a test on Thursday and Friday, and then you have yeah. a meet on Saturday. Oh, yeah. and then you have to do like your long run on Sunday, but you have another exam on Monday. It was like sometimes I look back and I'm like, how did I do it? Like, how did I get through that? Yeah, but you no, just I'm, do. I'm, I'm the you same. Yeah. Do. Yeah. You just do it. And, and like it just became like, I don't want to say like mental, but like you kind of just. Oh. The, the very much like you just kind of kept it going and, and totally. you know hopefully had time for those mental health breaks but sometimes yeah. it just kind of you know kind of was uh always going but uh and like I know this is going to be a silly question for you and you kind of touched on it uh before yeah. but we've asked every single prior that has come across to this show yeah. what what like if there was one thing if you could put one one thing to it what was that one thing for you that made prior town so special Oh my gosh. Um, that's not a silly question. That's a great question. <laughs> Cause ultimately I chose Friartown, you know, right, right. I think, um, I think, like I said, like you cannot underestimate like the people who you have in your corner mm -hmm. and it matters so much when you're trying to do, do so much. Like we just yeah. talked about, you're trying to do so much. You're trying to be a good student. 
you're trying to be a good athlete and you just want to be happy, right? Mm -hmm. Like at the end of the day, all that speed tells and you just want to be happy where you are. And um, I think just the people in the athletic department, and I mean, I had wonderful professors too, but ultimately like the people in the athletic department and my coaches and my teammates and it's so hard to like, like Jill, a point I think about all the time and like, yeah, I think, I think that I just, you just need those people in your corner who, who will not let you settle for less than you can be, Mm. who will believe in everything you're doing and who will support the decisions you make. And I think that that was such like an important thing that they did right, you know, at Providence. And um, yeah, I, I, I owe them everything I do. Yeah, it's it's yeah. so funny. And like, we've had John O'Neill on, you know, men's and women's swimming and diving coach. He's coming yeah. up on 40 years of coaching. His answer is, is the people. It's the people at yeah. Providence. I'm sure if we had Ray on the show, who's, I think, rivaling John for the <laughs> yeah. you know, longest tenured coach, he would probably say yeah. the people, Bob Driscoll said the people. And like, and it's funny too, because it's also the sophomore athletes, The you know, the, yeah. even if they just finished their freshman year they're always saying it's, it's not like you, we could talk about how great our facilities are. We could talk totally. about like, you know, what, like what, like the big, the being in the biggies, being the yeah. one, the perks, but like, that's, right. I mean, to your point, like West Virginia probably had all those incredible things. They had great facilities. I mean, right. you, did you know that they built like a brand new, like Olympic size, like pool? It's amazing. I, I clearly wasn't because in my recruiting, trip, it wasn't no, a bad pool. New. It wasn't a bad pool because it was probably bigger and oh. a little bit better than Providence, but <laughs> what, what was it called? The Max? Our no. pool, Providence or West Virginia? No, no, West Virginia. Oh, I, I don't remember. I, I was there for a summer, a summer. Anyways. Was... Yeah. That, that, that pool that you saw long gone. Okay. The new, pool, the new pool is like, you know what, when I'm home, I'll go and I'll send you a picture. Okay. Send me it pictures. Is... Yeah. And, but like you said, they have amazing facilities but at the end of the day and to be honest if there's like advice that I would give to people going into like a division one program or athletics in general all of that is really details you know like Mm -hmm. facilities the perks it's all really details at the end of the day it's really going to be the people who are going to help you on your way to success and I really I really believe that I always will believe that yeah. And yeah. I, I guess kind of, I mean, that was my next question was what piece of advice would you give the incoming student athletes at Providence? I think your point was more so like this, the juniors and seniors looking at schools and like, cause, yeah. cause I was hung on, hung up on that too. Like I wanted to yeah. go D one, but then I totally. was like finding myself like Googling, like their like basketball arena or I'm like, why do I yeah. care about that stuff? <laughs> like I should, like, I really shouldn't care. Right. Like I'm never going to be there in any athletic facility. Care. Yeah. yeah. When you're young, it's hard not to care. I think right. my, yeah, my, my first piece of advice would be definitely like, like I said, you cannot underestimate the people who meet when you go on your visits or you're looking at schools or you, you know, find people who went to the school on Instagram, talk to right. as many people as you can. Yeah. Number one, number two, for people in the program currently, like, don't give up. It gets mm-hmm. really hard. Mm-hmm. It gets so hard and you're going to want to give up. Mm. I, I can, I'm the first to admit there was many times where I was like, this might not be for me, you know, when I transferred, honestly, like last year during the pandemic, but like, you, there is so much you can do and you're already ready for it, but just don't give up. Yeah, That would be my second piece of advice. 
I'm right there with you. And like, yeah. and it's so funny too. Cause like you could, I mean, I was nowhere near the athlete that you were. Um, I'll be the first to admit that, <laughs> but you, but like, no. for, even for me, like to look at you, to watch you compete, to watch mm-hmm. you walk the halls at Providence. Like I was like, that's a person who would never, ever give up. But in the back, like, yeah. because of what I was going through and what a lot of athletes were going through, I had to think like there, like Millie has to have bad days. And just like, oh, like I, that's also what kind of kept me going was like, totally. even our best athletes have bad days. Just so I, yeah. like, I, I shouldn't have any excuse. I would say for me, my biggest piece of advice, and this is going to yeah. sound so silly because we did just talk about like time management and making sure yeah. you have enough, is try to do other stuff. Uh, oh, I say I that because that. I say that yeah. because like, I loved my team. I loved mm-hmm. athletics. I will, I will, I will preach to everyone about how great right. athletics were. But honestly, it was my also involvement with orientation, admissions, and other things at Yeah, you were so involved. (laughs) You were like the most involved, which, oh my gosh, I envy because I did not have the time and I would have loved to be involved in in more. Right. Like I would say if you have the time, fine. Or Or make the time. I mean, if if it's a priority, totally make the time. But it's, it really made me like fall in love too with not only the athletics, but the college itself. Like yeah. now I can talk to kids that aren't going to play D1 and say yeah. like, hey, like not for nothing, like Providence gave me these many opportunities and like, let me do this yeah. much stuff. And it had nothing to do with being an athlete. And it gives you other things, give you an identity outside of your sport. So that yeah. when you're, you're, when you're like, have your bad days in your sport, you can go to these other things and be like, Hey, like I also have, like, I'm good at these things. I have an identity in these other things that I do because you can't just be made up of one thing. Right. That's a road to nowhere. That's what I tell, uh, like college juniors and seniors that are coming out of and looking like who aren't going to go professional, which is the majority of us. Like you can't, like when you get to that job interview, you have to find something else to talk about. It is, they yeah. are going to ask you about your time as a D1 athlete and mm-hmm. it, and no one's going to discount that for you. Yeah. But if it's all you talk about, it's kind of a time. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Because at, at the end of the day, if you're interviewing for a job, it's like, great, you're an athlete, but like, let's talk about what, what else, other things make you, you. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Totally. So after finishing at Providence, you stayed up here mm-hmm. in New England and mm-hmm. turned pro with Team New Balance. What has yeah? What has this experience been like for you, going from that D one level to now now being you know professional and doing the sport <laughs> that you love? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I briefly mentioned how, like last year during the pandemic, I again was ready to be like, I don't know if this is for me. Yeah. Um. I think so initially. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, when I when I graduated, I um actually stayed with Ray Tracy and I joined like a smaller New Balance team mm-hmm. that was lo- um located in Rhode Island and um I it was the transition was really really hard. I would um I I look back on those days and I was like oh, I did not know what I was doing. And that's okay. You have to figure it out. Mm-hmm. But um I just realized like like I said, how important the people around you are. And, and I love Ray Tracy. I respect everything he's done, everything about him. And I owe so much of my success to him, but right. um, I just felt like I needed um, like a, a, a closer team and I needed, you know, runners that were significantly better than me on the team so that I could get better, you know? So, and, yeah. So ultimately um, 
I I wanted to switch to Team New Balance Boston. And um, that was, again, again, like after transferring to Providence and then doing that little switcheroo to, to New Balance Boston, that was one of the best things I've done in my adult life because I had a gut feeling about what I needed in my life and like what I wanted as a professional athlete. And I was like, I have to go with it. Mm-hmm. And it's sad because you leave a part of your life behind with Providence. It was like yeah. when I stayed with Ray after college, I thought to myself, oh, I was so successful here and in this environment. Like, how how could I not be successful in this environment? Right. But um, And I still felt the support that I had in the athletic department, but you're not in the athletic department anymore. And right. you lose your team. And so it's very, it's very different. And um, yeah, now, now I'm with New Balance Boston and um, I have amazing teammates, amazingly successful teammates. Um, and yeah, it gave me that kind of like kick in the butt that I needed to get better. So hopefully I keep getting better there. Yeah. Oh, I think, I think you're on the right track. And it's, it's <laughs> interesting. Cause like, I know athletes and this is not a knock against them. And I don't think there is right or no. wrong, but like some athletes go to a college and say like, I want to go in as top dog. And yeah. like, I want to be the bigger fish in the smaller pond. It's just yeah. interesting to hear your side. It's like, I wanted to get absolutely demolished at practice. right? Away. Oh yeah. And I do. <laughs> And I do. That's <laughs> I'm crazy. not even like, kidding. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like my two, my two teammates, um, Ellie Perrier and Heather McLean, actually just just made just me qualified. Yeah. Just amazing, right? I cried. Um, <laughs> yeah, I cried. But um, yeah, that was something that I knew. Like, I think I need to be challenged and I need to be pushed. Mm. And um, definitely having the team around me helps me like not be complacent where I'm at. And actually inspires me to set high, bigger goals for myself and so yeah. I um yeah I, I couldn't honestly couldn't have asked for a better teammates and a better situation to be in right now it's awesome it's awesome so oh, in talking about the success that you've had back in May of this year so yeah for those of you like we were recording this on June 29th yeah and literally <laughs> oh, just over a month ago back in May in my hometown in Irvine California yeah you qualified for the Olympic trials in the 5,000 meter an event, mm. I might add, that you was not on your menu in college no. at all. Like, I, no. Millie, I was do, I was doing my due diligence and doing my research on you. Yeah, I'm and so. And you don't have a best time from Providence in the five k. No, on I the don't. website. On the website, I don't know if like Ray timed you at practice, but you have nothing on the website. Just so you yeah, know. I raced it one time at uh, a race called Pen Relays, which is a really amazingly cool race. It's so yes. like historic. Very well known, that, even in the non-running community. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um. I had bronchitis when I raced it. And so like, I, I'm pretty sure they didn't even put that on the website. Say, you asked for it to be edited out, didn't you? I probably was like, Get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> I actually did like shockingly well for having bronchitis, but it huh. was not good. Yeah. So, so since then I've only run four or five kids. Wow. And the two, two of them were at the Olympic trials. Right. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> so like when, when was the, when was the, like the shift to go like, let's try this out. Let's try the 5k out instead of the 1500 or the, you know, the thousand kilometer. Yeah. Um, honestly, I think that had been a plan for a long time, but, um, one, you just didn't like know it yet. <laughs> I didn't want to admit it. Honestly, <laughs> I loved the 1500. Um, I loved the 1500, but I actually do not have the leg speed I need to compete at this level. Mm. In college, it's different. At this level, 
it gets really tactical. And so sometimes they're closing the 1500 and say a 202800. I'm never, I'm probably never going to be able to run a 202800. Um, for reference, a 202800 is 2025 is the qualifying mark in the 800 for the Olympic trials. So okay. sometimes when the 1500 at this level gets really tactical, it, the race will finish in that. The first half will jog and people will get jostled around. And then the second half will finish in that. And so kind of when we got to this level, we were kind of like, mm, might be time, might be time. Mm. So it was always kind of a plan, but I always had some good leg speed. So we kind of wanted to work and develop my leg speed before I switched up to the 5K. Because while I can't close in like a 202.5800, I can hopefully close in a sub five mile mm. in the 5K. And, I, you know, and I had, I still have that leg speed for that last little bit of the 5K. Um, so it was coming. It, it took a while. Um, <laughs> I'm still getting used to the distance. It's going to come with just getting a little stronger um, physically and getting like a little more used to the races. Right. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it was, a, yeah. But it, it came, I mean, it, it came at the right time in, in, in Irvine, you qualified for trials with a 1514. And for my amateur runners who are putzing around on the Esplanade, uh, like myself, that <laughs> is, that is moving so fast. Like, I, it's just hard for me to like wrap my head around it. Um, but like I saw the me Instagrams post race, uh, but can you yeah. kind of take us through th those emotions when you saw that you had qualified for trials? Yeah, so a lot of my workouts leading up to um, that race actually kind of indicated that I could probably run. So, so sub fifteen twenty is the trials qualifier, yeah. and then sub fifteen ten is the Olympic qualifier. And my coach Mark Coogan is now my new coach, and is wonderful, amazing. Um, I'm so glad to have him. He kept telling me, um, like, I think you can run sub fifteen ten. Like, I think you can do oh, it. You wow. need to get in the right race. I think yeah. you need. I think you can do it. But it was so like, I knew it too, but it, since it's such a new like event to me, I was like, gosh, I don't even know what that's going to feel like. Like, mm -hmm. I don't even know how I have no real point of reference for like how that's going to go. Yeah. Um, so in that race, yeah, I kind of try not to look at the clock. You're on the track for a long time. Um, no blast you don't, for those that are asking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't want to look at the clock because it's like, don't worry about it. Like right. you're, you're gonna, in that race, we had pacers. And so we knew what pace they were going to be on. Um, so the idea was kind of to just tuck in, let the race take you to a fast time. Um, I got kind of like boxed in the back a little bit. So I had to kind of make up a lot of ground. There was like a big gap that formed between like where I was at one point in the race and where the, like the lead pack was. Mm -hmm. So I kind of had to like turn on another gear and get back up to that lead pack. But, um, yeah, you try not to look at the time. You wanna, you're gonna be in your head a little bit because it's a long time to be on the track, and so you kind of just want to tell yourself like, you deserve to be here. Like you can do this. Like and and stay as calm as possible while also running very very hard. Yeah, yeah. I, I, like I, I mean, I I know people like kind of joke about like how like and swimmers have this too, right? Like for a mile swimmer, like what goes through your head throughout that entire race? Yeah. And I would say like when I was at the big East or like a, like a, a big, big race, a lot yeah. didn't go through my head. Right. Except like, I would like the stupidest things would. Right. But like, right. I wasn't yeah, really you're, like think singing a song. No, yeah. Oh, oh, like three words of a song over and over and over and over oh, and over yeah. and over and over again. Okay. And this, like, like that's how bad mine were. Yeah. That's how bad yeah. mine were. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's just so like, 
sometimes, you know, when you are competing for an Olympic trial spot, and I don't know what Mm -hmm. that's like, I never got to that, but Mm -hmm. I, you know, like, I do know what it's like to get to go for something like that. Like, yeah, I have to think your mind has to go blanket sometimes, like when you're just like, it's so- they talk about, and you've probably experienced this as a swimmer. I feel like running and swimming are probably the closest, closest you get. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. To like that kind of like, you know, before a race that you're going to have to put your body through like absolute hell mm-hmm. and you have to like convince yourself that it's going to be worth it. Right. You play mind games with yourself totally, but it's right. very running and, and swimming is very similar in that aspect. But um, you've probably experienced this thing where you kind of have this like flow state and your brain kind of turns itself off and you yeah. kind of just do. You're yeah. not thinking, you're kind of just doing. And that's really best case scenario. You don't get that every race. Um, but I definitely felt that in that 5K where I qualified, where I was like, I wasn't thinking, I was just doing it. Yeah, and you brought up like an interesting point too of like getting close to that Olympics qualifying standard, you know, the, the standard time, right? Like mm-hmm. having not put your body through that yet. I think that's uh-huh. that was huge too. Like you were saying, like the two five Ks that you ran before the two that you just ran at Olympic trials, you know, like that so wasn't hard. enough time almost. <laughs> like, or you know, like yeah, it does say something about like have if you haven't put your body at least like close to it, or like kind of yeah. mentally knowing like okay, this is what it's gonna take then if that yeah. took me to do this. Like, I think, again, like the swimmer runner correlation there is super similar too. similar. Yeah. 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 You have to be like, you literally, I can't tell you how many times I've like looked in the mirror on the day of a race. And I'm like, this is going to hurt Millie. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. The night before, the week before I'm thinking of that. Oh my gosh. Yeah, seriously. And I mean, that's such a, I mean, I'm, I'm sure all athletes can relate to that in a sense, but that's something that's like, so um like misunderstood I think where it's yeah. like no like people are like hurting themselves out there right right yeah. right right so so not even a month later you're out in Eugene Oregon at trials yeah and, and like I said record-breaking heat 100 plus on the track mm-hmm. uh and you said I think they hit their record highs and you made the finals of the 5k and I don't care what anyone says, y'all are so insane <laughs> to do that race. So, uh, and I'll just give everyone like this point of reference if they mm-hmm. didn't get to like watch the meet. The winning time was a 1527. Mm-hmm. And that was seven seconds off an Olympic trials qualifying time, mm-hmm. right? And uh, like, I was listening to, <laughs> I, was, I was talking to you about this earlier. I was listening to a podcast and I think to make the Olympics more interesting and I'm not saying they're not interesting. They're, it's like yeah. literally the only four, we only get shine in our sports every four years, right? So I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Run. But to make it more interesting, they should have an average athlete. It doesn't have to be like an average human being. Like they couldn't be athletes in the sport. They could, they could also be an athlete. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like maybe a high school senior, or like a college yeah. freshman, you know, like just an average athlete swim in a or swim or run in a completely separate lane doing the same exact yeah. event. Because I think that's when someone sitting in an air-conditioned apartment watching NBC sports and watching the trials and watching you guys go through what you had to go through mentally and physically, that's when I think we'll get a little bit more appreciation. Yeah. So, okay. Like you'll be familiar with this because the world record line, how they have that line. Right. I'm like, could we put that on the track for just like a normal person running? Like, I don't know, let's say like 830 pace. Because, because like, and I've seen it happen. Like I will be like oh my god they're so close to world record this is a fast heat 
Yeah. But everyone else is thinking like, oh, they're going slow because they're behind oh, they're that not, line. Yeah, they're not, you know, world record. Yeah. Like, are they even that good? It's like, is it an yeah. off year? Like, yeah. is the food bad this year at the, at the Olympic Village? not in this race? Like, are they racing like later at like a later time? Oh my gosh, you're so Yeah, right. like, I think there's such a misunderstanding for like, and it's funny because in every race, you're also not going to race your best. No. It depends on how the race plays out. It depends the on the, the <laughs> weather plays a huge, huge role. Like it's sometimes it's tactical at the beginning and faster at the end. So it's definitely, um, yeah, it's definitely one of those things is like misunderstood about like racing in general. Yeah. So like, what was the chatter like 15 minutes, 20 minutes before the race, if there was any amongst the athletes, like. You had to, like, you guys were there for already, I think it was, like, day four that you guys were doing the final. Yeah. So everyone's at least, like, I don't want to say acclimated with the heat, but at least, like, well aware of the situation, right? Yeah, we were, like, as ready as we could be. Yeah. For Like, mentally. Like, it wasn't a shock that it was going to be that hot, but it was, like, oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, the chatter was, um, so they have you, they bring you, the new stadium is, like, pretty amazing, and they bring you from like the warm-up field that's behind the track down to this little like um like holding area underneath Mm. the track and um some people have like ice vests on to stay cool for the most part you probably wouldn't think uh you you might think it because you know differently as an athlete but like the regular person probably might not think like most people are really nice like Mm -hmm. everyone's quiet because they're nervous yeah um people are nice there's like little comments like oh my gosh like let's just like get this over with there's comments like oh it's pretty hot out but um yeah the chatter was pretty much like it's gonna be hot yeah and uh we gotta do this kind of yeah it's it's funny you bring that up like the average waiting room because I because I've been in waiting room situations at like the big east or something like that and like a little bit different but like you would see like in swimming there was the the class and I pretty I have a sticker of him on my desk doing the face Michael Phelps there was yeah. like a, he, you know, some guy in the waiting room was like doing dances and stuff. And Phelps looked at him like in absolute disgust. Like yeah. everyone thinks that's what every single waiting room looks like. And that's just like not the case. Usually no. it's like heads down. Everyone's getting in their own head. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're kind of like, if anything, everyone's kind of trying to ignore each other. Yeah. Like, like there's a little bit of sizing up, like, and you know, like at that level, like, you know, what this like this specific person has run their PR was mm. was this person an NCAA champion oh right. this person ran this time last week like they're gonna race really fast in it like you are so like acutely aware of the yeah. people around you that like you almost everybody kind of knows that everyone's good right. so there's definitely there's definitely respect no one's disgusted with anyone. I right. mean, no one's doing anything crazy. Everyone's just super nervous. Right. And and speaking of like everyone knowing everyone at that level, like I think within like the first lap, you were you were right up against uh, the Olympic gold medalist from Rio in the triathlon. Oh yeah. Who oh, and yeah, not a, not like no offense to you, towered over you. I had to be like, is Millie right there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My race you saw the inside though. Thank get God. Get on the rail. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like run the least amount possible like hug that rail that was like the race plan um (laughs) yeah it was um because my real my main goal while I was at the trials was to make the final Mm. and then um it's kind of cool now that I did that it was funny when I when I made the final um 
my coach was like, you know, you, you reached all of your goals this year. Like you wanted to make it to the trials, number one. Mm -hmm. And then you wanted to make it to the finals of the trials. And he was like, the cool thing is like, guess what? We get to set new goals. I'm like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Gwen Jorgensen tall. Everyone's, I mean, everyone's small because runners in general, just by stature are small, Right. but, um, it's pretty funny to run next to her. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> it was it was funny to see because like I think yeah. like right away they were like oh well you guys know that like you know it, it, you can always tell like at Olympic trials and like you're even seeing this in like like uh major league or uh, like P- the PLL the lacrosse like like this is when yeah. like the commentators try to educate like the yeah. lay person yeah. so they're like well actually did you know that the Olympic gold medalist and the triathlons in this race and then yeah boom she, she gets the camera and then there's Millie like right behind like, like right next to her <laughs> hugging along <laughs> I'm like maybe she like blocked some of like the sun for me hopefully because <laughs> it was really hot and sunny out there it was it was crazy <laughs> it was crazy so yeah. and then I'd be remiss not to bring up Emily Sisson uh winning the 10k uh oh at trials God. with with the trials record and you know her story is incredible after you know her uh marathon qualifying and all that stuff I know your guys' time at Friartown like just missed each other. Yeah. Um, but did you get to see Emily after the race or have you been able to chat with her at all? Or Yeah, Emily and I actually um, have gotten to spend like a good bit of time together while she was still in Providence. And I actually lived with her sister, her younger sister last year. Oh, awesome. Um, my boyfriend is really great friends with her husband. So um, yeah, I, I love Emily. I have I mean, I'm just in awe of her and what she did. So her sister wasn't at the trials, but um, when she was like probably like four laps to go in her race, her sister actually FaceTimed me. And so um, I could kind of like be on FaceTime with her sister while she was like out running and we were both crying because it was amazing because I was sitting in the stands. It was, I mean, it was just amazing to see her like, she just she's like the hardest worker ever and she's like the most kind and like genuine person ever Mm -hmm. and um yeah it was just it was unreal and I like I got to see Shane and I I briefly got to see her I mean I I got to see Ray at the trials and stuff oh good yeah 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 Yeah. so it was yeah it was awesome yeah so I guess follow-up question to that is the 10k in Millie's future I've had a couple people ask me that I mean (laughs) I'm just getting used to the 5k I'm not saying no I'm not saying no but I am gonna say I'd like to see what I could do in the 5k for a little while before I I move up to the 10k but I I would never say no okay okay yeah okay Okay. yeah all right and so uh, like with with trials being over and Mm -hmm. like so what's what's next for you this summer like what's the plan What's the next thing? To, what's the next goal? I guess now that we're, we have talked about your goals and accomplishing them. Yeah, my next goal. So I'm gonna race probably a little bit more this summer. Um, I'm not really sure where yet. It's kind of something we have to like sit down and look at um, mm. the races that are coming up. I just want to have a, like a lot of fun racing. I think that that's um, something I like really kind of missed last year with the pandemic, yeah. and um, I feel like I'm in, like a one and like the fittest like the fittest I maybe have like ever been in my life and so um I kind of just want to like have fun with racing mm-hmm. this summer and see what I can do maybe another 1500 just for the heck of it maybe another 5k um I'd, I'd love to run another 5k this summer we'll see if I get the opportunity but yeah my teammates are obviously we're gonna they're getting 
two of them are getting ready for the Olympics. And then I have um, another teammate, Katrina, who's an amazing training partner of mine, um, also had an amazing weekend. And um, yeah, so we're probably going to do a couple races together. And then one of my teammates who's Aust- or Australian, not Australian, she's uh, from Ireland. Oh, she's going to be mad um, at you for saying that. Yeah, I know. I don't know. We'll make sure she doesn't listen to the podcast. It's because I've had Australian teammates. I I know, right. I probably too, especially. Yeah, Brie Alarda. So that just like slips out of my mouth. Yeah. So we find out soon. I don't know if it's tonight or tomorrow morning if she gets chosen for the Irish Olympic team in the 800. So um, as a team, really exciting things to look forward to. Um, Yeah. As an individual, I just kind of want to have some fun racing this summer. Heck yeah. Are they yeah. going, are they doing like a, a camp? Like I know the, 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 the USA swim team is out in Hawaii right now to like yeah. make the halfway trip to Tokyo. Um, they, I don't think, I think that they usually would, mm. but I know that my, so two of the two of my teammates who made it are going to go and race in Morocco and then they're going to come back here for like two weeks. And then it's basically going to be time to like fly out to Tokyo yeah but um they usually do a camp I think because of the pandemic I think that they're probably not going to well yeah people forget the track and field team is much bigger than the swim team because it would incorporate yeah events as well right? yeah like the marathon so they're and, going yeah. to Hawaii yeah they're they're already there they've been like they oh they, no they way. left like almost like almost immediately after trials it was crazy cool. imagine going imagine spending your your summer in omaha nebraska and then you get to go to <laughs> imagine. It's the and then same, tokyo it's the same time zone right hawaii is i don't know if it's the same time zone as japan but it definitely will start to help them get yeah, acclimated, acclimated for sure i don't know okay. I, i'd have to fact check myself there well, and not. i have to ask who who do i need to cheer for uh, in um, this swim, swim yeah event. so all of team usa um yeah but <laughs> so i for the first time my one of my high school classmates she was the first ever woman or first ever athlete from our high school to qualify for the olympics katie mclaughlin she'll be on no the, way yeah she'll be on the four by 200 relay Unreal. Uh, so i was super stoked for her honestly cool. i mean caleb dressel is the fastest swimmer known to man that's yeah. like his kind of calling card but yeah as a distance swimmer like growing up as a distance swimmer and competing as a distance swimmer and now yeah. you are you know, as a distance runner yourself as a distance yeah <laughs> katie ledecky uh, yeah is uh, katie mclaughlin go her but katie ledecky will go down as the most dominant athlete in swimming yeah. known to man i think really because okay i just i don't think and like going back to our conversation about like understanding what these olympians are doing i right. don't think when you see it when you see phelps 100 percent most decorated will, will probably be the most recognizable name in the sport of swimming for the rest of time right but the pure dominance that katie ledecky has as- asserted from being 15 16 in the events yeah. that she's doing it's it's like of other magnitude like there's just no way to compare it yeah. to anything else it's crazy she's a once in a lifetime athlete Oh, e- easily, easily. Yeah. It's, okay. it's absurd. So there's your, there's your swim lesson for the day. Every, everyone who's okay. listening is probably like, I'm so sick of Jared talking about swimming. He's so washed no, up. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and now he's saying he's some runner. <laughs> <laughs> this kid's running a thousand miles. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. I wanted to, I, as I mentioned at the top of the show, 
Millie, Millie has been my unofficial running coach during my thousand mile <laughs> challenge. Um, so I thought it'd be fun to kind of talk a little bit about some runner, some amateur runners questions. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Love so it. this is for, this is for anyone that's wanting to run, hopefully not in this heat wave, but just, you know, run for some fun. In so general. Yeah. exactly, exactly. So I saw that, like you, you talked about earlier, you ran at altitude out in Flagstaff and like Sedona, Arizona, yeah. which is about a mile high. I it's- also dabble in some altitude running when I go visit my parents in Salt Lake city in the Wasatch mountains, what kind of tips do you, do you have for running at altitude? And then I'll give you my amateur running tips. Yeah. So, oh my gosh, altitude is just, you feel like it's trying to kill you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Like it's hard to walk up steps. Okay. <laughs> so altitude, okay, my, the best advice I have, if you're going to go run at altitude is don't, don't do too much. Like right. just, just being at altitude, like when we go to altitude, we even kind of, we'll, we'll either keep our training the same or we'll dial it back a tiny bit because it will, altitude will do the work for you. Yeah. Your body just by being up there is working harder. So doing the normal amount of stuff at altitude is going to make you amazingly fit. Mm-hmm. Overdoing it, you could put yourself in a hole for a very long time. So I, mm-hmm. I, I would, I'm always like careful there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's hard to sleep at altitude. I don't know if you've, you've noticed that. For me, uh, I will say I like over exhausted myself on my runs. So I yeah. was like pretty good at, on sleeping. Uh, <laughs> I, but I, my room is in my, or my room, the room that I stay in at my parents' house, it is not my room. Well, everything's gone from my house uh, Yeah, is in like pitch black in the basement. So yeah. that's a little bit easier, but I didn't oh, realize it's, it's harder yeah. to sleep at, at, at altitude. I didn't know that. I, it, it depends on who you are. I know me and my team really struggle with it. We're just um, a bunch of sea level runners, you know, we, you know. Yeah. What, what, what more could you, you know, ask for? So yeah, I honestly, yeah, definitely don't overdo it. That's probably the biggest thing. Mm. Um, definitely prioritize like sleep and recovery. Yeah. Yeah. So those, those are two big I did my first 10 mile run at altitude uh, mm-hmm. on Father's Day. And oh. I, I was very much in, like, I was like, I'm just going to, I just have to finish. I, yeah. like, I wasn't, that's the thing too, like, especially for amateur runners, like, if you, if, you know, if you're used to going like, and I'll just say times here, but like nine minute miles, eight minute miles, like, right. be ready for like doubling that, not du- like a minute or two even slower. And like, don't be, yeah. like, your yeah. oh, body's already down. going through. Totally. Pretty much what it would be going through at sea level if you were trying to yeah. hold the pace. I totally agree. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, that was a it was a fun run. It, a lot of hills. A lot yeah. of hills. Big hills. Oh, the hills at altitude too. They're not like little and steep. They're long and and still steep and, <laughs> and still just as steep. Yeah. Yeah. I like I ran out there in of Christmas last year, and yeah. I got to the top of this hill, and I literally thought I was choking on like frozen spit. I was oh, like, probably. that's so gross. I'm, 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 I'm your, body, your body like rejects everything being at altitude. It, yes. That's like, it is trying to kill you. Yes. That's what, that's what it feels like. Yes, yeah. exactly. Exactly. So um, do you have a favorite spot to run in Boston? Oh, um, I love when we go to Battle Road. I love Battle Road. I don't know yeah. what that is. It's um, it's in Concord. I guess it's not necessarily in Boston. It's the Greater Boston, not Concord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, soon our the New Balance track is gonna be done. Yes. And that's probably gonna end up being my favorite spot. But it's not <laughs> done yet, 
but right. it is going to be unbelievable. And it's going to be like half a concert venue. It's yeah. going to be so cool. It's yeah. yeah that, that little uh, Boston landing is an interesting little come up over there. Isn't it? Yeah. It's more like New Balance headquarters. And then there's like a couple like restaurants. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So do you have a spot, maybe not the New Balance track that you haven't tried yet and are dying to go run? Um, I've heard, um, okay, so I'm like a new Bostonian, so I might like, right, ruin same, it. Yep. <laughs> is it like, uh, the Emerald Necklace? Emerald Necklace? Yes, yes, I think you're, I think that's what it's called. I think you're right. I think it's supposed to be really pretty around there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I could be wrong about that. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, honestly, yeah, we run, we do run it in a lot of places, so I've definitely like ran we run along the charles yeah um, we run in somerville actually we ran today through somerville we run through cambridge um yeah so we we definitely do i mean when i double a lot i'll do it on the esplanade so that's yeah. one of my favorites yeah it's, yeah it's a classic it's a classic yeah um, i don't want to say that running injuries are inevitable um but yeah. i will say that they are very common what are some tips yes. to help the average runner from getting the uh, the um the very common running injuries yeah the common ones oh my god I mean it's like it it's not inevitable but it's 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 very likely yes so yes I think people get really frustrated at first when they get injured like just take a little bit of time off it's okay you're you're gonna help yourself in the long run what's one week you know my advice is when you start feeling like that very beginnings of something that might be an injury but you ignore it because you're like ah, i'm fine don't ignore it right <laughs> pay attention to it if you yeah. need to take like one day off take take the day yeah um exactly. definitely roll rolling out is really good um i mean i don't always recommend like a static stretching prior to running it's great for after running but like drills and stuff are really good to get warmed up some like dynamic drills um there's a lot of like strength exercises you can do to work on specific like things you need to strengthen in your body. So like I do certain strength exercises because like I have Achilles problems. And so I'll do strength exercises to strengthen my planter. I'll do and like I'll do exercises to strengthen like um, like my calves or like specific things that like the way my biomechanics work, mm-hmm. I need to strengthen. So it's different for everybody. Um, the internet is a wonderful, wonderful place. So <laughs> if you Google something like IT band issues, like IT band strength exercises, you're hitting you're home gonna, right now. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have exactly. You're gonna come. It's gonna come up with a hundred different exercises for you. So just like do a couple of them, you know, every other day. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I remember that IT band issue, and that's so funny that you have Achilles problems. I have Achilles problems. I used yeah. to walk on my tippy toes as a kid. So no way. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I used to wear like boots to stretch stretch out my Achilles tennis at night. Oh my I'm kidding. I used to wear them to bed. Oh my god, Achilles is brutal. Brutal. (laughs) No one understands. No one understands. Would you would you ever run the Boston Marathon or do you see yourself running the Boston Marathon in the near future? Maybe not the near future. I know you could yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, don't you feel that way? Like oh it's been on my to-do list, not to do like my bucket list since I've moved here. Right. Like you you have to almost. Um yeah, I, I definitely will, not anytime soon. Right. Um 
but I will. Even if it's like a crawl, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> if my body holds up by the time I'm able to do a marathon, yeah, I'll definitely do it. There you go. There you go. Yeah. And then do you have any pre, did you, or do you still have any yeah. pre-race routines or like superstitions that you have that you have to get rid of or anything like that? I used to be so superstitious. I mean, like I raced in the same pair of socks, like every time when I was in high school, um, less so, less so. Okay. Um, because one, there was one summer where I went and raced in Europe and you're thrown so out of your routine that like, if you have a pre-race like superstition and you can't do it, you feel like you're screwed. Yeah. And then it's like, yeah. And then it's like, oh my gosh, like this is just some little thing that I like felt like I needed to do. But I definitely have like, oh, I want to put my uniform on like at a certain time. And I definitely don't want to put my hair in a ponytail until I get to the, to the track, you know, right. like those little superstitions that you like, I don't know, just have just become habits over the years right. that like become these like weird superstitions, but like, if they don't happen, they don't happen, you know? <laughs> Exactly. Just like weird idiosyncrasies like that. Yeah. I used to have so many during swim season and like, yeah, I, I had it now and I'm like, that was so silly, but it's it just, is. I don't know. It's just a mentality it's, that I think athletes, I mean, like even non-swimming and running athletes have their like pre totally. rituals and have, yeah. like, have the certain playlist or like the day has to start with a certain song or whatever. Right. Like, and it's whatever you need to do. You know, yeah, you're about exactly. to put yourself through a lot so whatever you need to do to get ready for that is by all means go for it exactly yeah all right so let's have some fun here with some uh we're gonna do some runners this or that okay um these are some I feel like some of these like might not pertain to you but maybe like when you're just a casual runner some days okay you're not competing at the Olympic trials maybe you can pick one of these okay okay all right so I think I know the answer to this one right off the bat, just because it might be some PTSD, but would you rather run in the freezing cold or the sweltering heat? Oh, no. Okay. You're going to be surprised by my answer. The heat. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I'm telling you, it might just be because of this, my size as a human, but running in the cold. <laughs> one time we had uh regionals in buffalo new york and it like was 17 degrees and snowing and the ground was frozen and like oh. i have so much ptsd from that day i would take 100 hot days before wow. that day wow yeah wow yeah. interesting all right mm-hmm. a a hilly 5k or a flat marathon oh hilly 5k yeah i like i should have said hilly 10k because like i still i mean if you were to yeah. run a 5k at the pace you were running the 5k yeah I would say like I'd rather take the flat marathon yeah, yeah yeah I don't know I feel like the distances that there are a little too too far yeah. Hill, okay Hilly 10k I think I'd probably still pick you have okay. to remember West Virginia right so, yeah you were gonna say you were you were hilltopping it I'm, all the time I'm used to it yeah I'm okay with the hill I'm okay with the hill okay okay yeah because the Boston Marathon is pretty flat like it, it is it I, is, I, like, yeah. I don't think people realize like it is still one of the biggest sporting events of the year. There still mm-hmm. is Heartbreak Hill, but I've ran Heartbreak Hill, not after, I think it's at like mile 17 or something like that. Yeah, it's, it's not, like far it's not that far. big of a hill. Not that big. I agree. Thank you for that. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody. I think there's a the bigger hill marathon. before it. I think there's a bigger <laughs> hill before is. it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Everyone who's run the Boston Marathon is going to be like, oh. I know I'm, I'm going to lose a lot of followers here. Like, we, like Boston is like our, haven't run the marathon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like those, those idiots. They just watch it. 
Like, okay, I'm not in the elite yeah. group. I'm in like the charity group. But you know, we we run along. Heartbreak Hill, so I run Heartbreak Hill. I I work right by it. So like, if I were to like, whenever I go out for runs, like after yeah. work, I just run it. Oh like, yeah. yeah, it's not that bad, people. Not that bad. All right. Uh, would you rather run without music or without without a GPS watch? Oh, um, most days I run without both. So I okay. guess I knew you were gonna say this. I had yeah. a feeling like this was the one where okay. I was like, I don't think she's gonna care. Why either way? I, I'd rather run with music than a GPS watch. Okay. I guess it depends on the day, but if I'm just going out for a jog, I'd rather the music than the watch. Okay. I, yeah. I was actually talking to another fellow athlete, Jesse Spontak, mm-hmm. uh, oh, yeah. and she said that running without music can sometimes be even a little bit better. Just like yeah. clear your head. Cause I was in the same spot where I was like, I think I'm running with the same playlist too often. And I'm like kind of getting, yeah. bored. so yeah, maybe, like I, I don't really run with a GPS watch. I kind of know the, the lay of the land at this point, but <laughs> yeah, you don't need it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So here's a, here's a one that hits home for me. Would you rather run as much as you want on the treadmill or only run once a week outside? Oh, gosh. Once a week outside, I think. So you're not a treadmill fan, I take it. I don't, I'm not anti-treadmill because sometimes it's necessary. And sometimes with great music, a treadmill run can be awesome. I like, have a perfect one for you after this, but go ahead. Okay, please. Yeah, especially um, one of my favorite things back in my Providence days was to go in the gym and the treadmills looked out on when everybody walked in. Yeah. Like that the entrance. And yeah. so I would just put myself there. And if I was lucky during like a run, I would see like nine or 10 people that I knew and it was fun to like see them and like wave to them as I was like on the treadmill because some days it's too it's too snowy and icy to run outside up here right and and yeah. it was so funny too at Providence like everyone would look at the treadmills too like like you yeah. think don't stare at the people on the treadmill but like no, no. Almost, like especially when we would walk to practice because we yeah. like, we were on that pathway right there I would look at right. if someone was in that the exhibit as <laughs> yeah. they called it like that that one treadmill all against the wall yeah I'd always stare at them <laughs> Yeah, I that's the reason I had put myself on those treadmills so that people would look at me and say hi. Well, they'd probably look at you like, oh my god, she's probably running four minute miles right now. Going like, <laughs> no, no. Um, so if you want to do a long treadmill run and you don't yeah. get to do it at Providence where you can stare at people and people watch, I did this on my Instagram story. You uh, should do you like the big booty mix like on SoundCloud? Oh my fun? gosh. Okay, the okay. new one, so 19. Yeah, okay, okay, perfect. So here's your yeah. here's your big booty mix run. So like okay. do you have like a, a okay, so what's like your jog pace on the treadmill? So I don't really go off of like what the treadmill tells you okay. paces are. Okay. I don't really believe them. Oh. You're gonna like though, I think most of them say you're running faster than the number say says. You're, say you're running say you're running slower than you are there you right go. so like so if, if you're running if at you, seven miles an hour it's probably like a 7.2 or something maybe i don't know like let's say you put it on like eight minute pace like eight minute pace on the treadmill probably feels more like 7 30 pace to me oh okay i don't i don't quite believe it yeah okay well then you might have just screwed over this whole run but if you oh no okay it's okay <laughs> okay so i'll make it work all right so i'll just say where i usually start i usually for this run specifically i start at a seven or 7.1 okay perfect so once big booty mix starts that's a good pace yeah thank you 
You start yeah. at, at, at seven or 7.1. Then every time the beat drops and you know what I'm talking about, like, yeah, and like the music's like the singing stops and they do like some sort of crazy beat. Drop. Yeah. You go up one. So now it's like 7.1 or 7.2. Right. Yeah. Then when they come back or switch back the song, back to the singing or back to a new song, you go back to the bass. Okay. Oh. And then you do that for the first mile. So you're going seven to 7.1. Yeah. Seven to 7.1, seven to 7.1. Then at the mile tick, you go now the base is 7.1 and your new sprint pace oh is 7.2. Okay. And then so you do that for the full big booty mix. And you could probably get like if you do the seven, you know, seven mile an hour pace, yeah. whatever, you'll probably get like a 7.4 mile run out of the hour or something, something like that 7.4 or 7.5. So clever. Thank you. I that thought of that. That is so creative. Thank you. <laughs> oh my gosh. What a good. Okay. So I always had a good workout that I, I've never pitched to anybody, but okay. here's my pitch. Okay. Pitch to me. Go do ahead. you know what an, do you know what an Indian run is? It's like, I mean, I think I know, but I don't want to butcher okay. it. Butcher it so go okay. Ahead. No, no, no. So what it is, is you run like in a line. Like, so like, say like me and all my teammates are running in a line. And after a certain point, the person in the very back runs to the very front and right. runs at the front for a while. And then, yep. you know, they keep doing it. You rotate. So we do this thing called a tempo run. So you run like a certain pace for a certain amount of miles. So like usually we'll do like a 540 pace for like five miles or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, so my idea was you turn it into a musical Indian run, right? Where like you have your song in in the like the playlist okay and when your song plays it's your turn to go to the front and pace okay. the whole run for everybody yeah and then as soon as your song's over the next person's song in the back will play and then it's their turn to like go to the front and pace. okay so what would yeah. be your song oh gosh no, i should have been you can't pitch this that. without your song okay okay <laughs> There is um this great song. I think it's called How to Love. It's like a Cash Cash remix, I yes. think. Yes. Okay. I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. I think it's How to Love. Yeah. I yeah. think that one would be mine. Okay. But that song gets me so excited. I'd be worried that I would mess up the pace. <laughs> so, but if I had to pick, that one would probably be mine. Yeah. I feel like mine would be um kill the lights by alex oh. new i think it's Newval or new hall or something like that yeah you know what I'm about? Have you heard that one yeah great but see like i would get in my my big booty mix style and like when the beat drops i would kill the pace like people yes, would be pissed see? off so yeah. i should probably go like first or second is what i'm thinking yeah okay yeah so yeah, yeah. Smells, like, so that when people are tired they don't get mad at you yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah i hear that <laughs> i was gonna say the that, last person's that. song has to be like like a Taylor Swift, yeah. or something, you know, <laughs> real slow, real, real slow. slow. I yeah, love it. exactly. I love, it. I love it. All right. So last this or that. And I, I think I, I know which one you are either obligated to say or which one you're going to pick. Okay. Uh, yeah, would yeah, you yeah. rather run the New York city or the Boston marathon? Oh, Boston. Okay. I, I like, I'm pretty sure new balance is paying you to say that, but we'll just yeah, they, that I mean, to be fair, <laughs> The Boston Marathon is run by the BAA, which is sponsored by Adidas. So I could say the New York New York City Marathon if I really felt like it. I've okay. watched the New York City Marathon, and that was amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, but running through the boroughs and like running through like Boston is like I, I would rather run through Boston. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I'm I'm in the same way. I'm in the same yeah. way. So. Yeah. 
I haven't run either, and I know we we don't know how big Heartbreak Hill is, but we don't know. We're gonna we know. when we'll we get do there. Run it, we don't know. <laughs> when we do run it, we're gonna be like, oh, "That's the hardest God. hill in the world." I take it back. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we named man. it Heartbreak for a reason. <laughs> do you have a a country that's not the U.S. that you would want to run a marathon in? Oh my gosh, um, I have great. my I have my pick. But I think it's going to be, I, okay, I bet you like the your, running community will laugh at my pick. Australia. No, no, I don't know why. Oh. But there's nothing out there. It would have to Sydney, be like there's in Sydney, Sydney marathon, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That would be probably be a good marathon. Yeah. Um, honestly, I don't know. There's so many countries I want to go to. Mm-hmm. Gosh, you wouldn't want to pick somewhere that was like super hot. Right. Australia. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> good good luck (laughs) i'm gonna pick somewhere like switzerland okay yeah okay that's fair i'll give you that one all right so we have one final question and then i'll let you go but we'll have to plan our our run um after this so don't leave me just yet but yeah um we asked this for all of our guests i'm excited to hear your answer here if Mm -hmm. you were to write your autobiography today what would be the title of it and why Oh my gosh. Um, I feel like, gosh, what a hard question. I know. A lot of people tell me that after. Yeah. I like, know. Hey, I all those fun, it. easy ones that you do at the end, the this yeah. or that, or like the rapid fire, and then you hit me with this. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like I've thought of this question before. I'm like, oh, if I ever like write a book, if right. my life's ever interesting enough <laughs> to write a book on it, but I never felt like I thought of the title. Although I had like this clever idea that a good, a good, like cute little like play on words would be like, instead of like soul, like S O U L, you could use soul, like S O L E. Yeah. Yeah. Like okay. a little play on words for like running. So I don't know. You could do something with that in the title. Um, but it's it would book, definitely. So it's your title. So Yeah right so you could do like heart and soul right but like s-o-l-e maybe that's a good title there you go I think we got it yeah why I just think I I would probably want to write about like how um gosh how running is just a good blueprint for a lot of like life lessons and a lot of um like important things that help you grow so yeah yeah easy enough right it wasn't that oh my gosh okay (laughs) you helped me though well, <laughs> there you go. Well, Millie, uh, congrats on doing your first ever podcast. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. This of was a, an absolute blast. And yeah. I wish you all the best. Hopefully you've been able to cool down a little bit. Uh, yeah, you and too. Uh, we'll definitely have to, to plan our little run when, when, uh, whenever you're free. Awesome. Yeah, I had so much fun. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Okay. Talk soon. So a big, huge shout out to Millie Palladino for coming on this week's episode, sharing a lot about her story, her journey uh, in this running world. And I, I like, it was such a fun uh, conversation as a whole, like whether it was us joking about Heartbreak Hill that I know I'm definitely getting backlash from, whether it was talking about how bad my running is or the treadmill runs and the big booty mix runs. I hope maybe if you follow me on Instagram, you've checked that out. But 
again, she's an incredible individual. I'm so excited to see what's next for her. And quite frankly, we'll definitely see her uh, continue to have some great success. So uh, be sure to go follow Millie on Instagram and social media. I'll leave all things Millie in the description of this week's podcast. If you like what you're hearing and you want to see some snippets from this week's episode and other episodes that we have had, be sure to go check us out on Instagram at normalguylazyeye where we're posting all of our favorite clips. Um, I just want to say, again, big thank you to you guys for showing the support of this podcast. We're coming up on our one-year anniversary, and we're so, so close to hitting that 10,000 streams. Now, I know that's not the biggest number and and anything to boast about, but for me, just to think when I had this idea for this podcast pretty much a year ago today, uh, what it has turned into now is is really really special for me so thank you guys so so much for all your support as always i will see you guys next wednesday with a brand new episode